Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. The Book of Psalms is a book of poetry, prayers, and songs that people wrote to God, prayed to God, and even used to lead others in the worship of God. The Psalms give us insight into what a relationship with God looks like and examples of how we can pour out our joys, fears, and our heart's desires to God. Join us weekly as we spend the summer in Psalms. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. We want to welcome you here in the building as well as online. We're glad you're here for our series, Summer in the Psalms. And today, as you could just hear, we are going to be looking at one of everybody's favorite psalms, the 23rd Psalm. Now, uh, author and pastor Bill Donahue tells this hilarious story about when he was in seminary and he was a student pastor, and he went out to visit one of the families uh, in the youth group that he was uh, pastoring, and uh, the father of these two boys uh, took him out to show him his pasture where he raised sheep, and uh, as they were talking, Bill says he sensed that the father afterwards, he put this together, was trying to teach him a lesson. So uh, he said, you know, uh, he turned to Bill and said, Bill, do you think you can call the sheep to come in? And, and Bill said, you know, I enthusiastically agreed because in my mind, he said, you know, sheep calling has got to be like preaching. So uh, we stood there at the pasture fence and I was watching the 25 sheep graze and, and he said, uh, Go ahead. I dare you. Go ahead. Call them in. And I said, what do I, what do I say to them? He said, just say, hey, sheep, come on. Come on in. You know, I, he, he writes, you know, I'm a city boy. I've got a bad back. I've got hay fever. But, but I think I can do this. And so in my normal speaking voice, I started. But then Tom interrupted me. He said, listen, you're 75 feet away from them. They're downwind. You're downwind, and, and they have their backs turned to you. You've got to yell. Use your diaphragm. That's what they teach you to do in preaching class, don't they? So I took a deep breath, and I put every inch of my stomach muscle into that yell, and I wanted to, to make some type of revival preacher proud, and I said, hey, sheep, come on in. And those blessed creatures didn't move an inch. Not an ear flickered. Tom smiled at me. He said, do they teach you the Bible in that seminary? Have you ever read these words? My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I just looked at him. And Tom, raising his voice only slightly, said, hey, sheep, come on in. And all 25 sheep turned and ambled right over to him. Tom didn't want to pass this teachable moment with me, so he turned to me and he said, listen, I don't want you to forget this. You are my kid's shepherd, and they need to know your voice. So as I said, today we're going to be looking at the 23rd Psalm, and it's about the good shepherd who who calls us to him. And, uh, you know, I think if you were to poll people, you would find out this is probably one of their favorite psalms of all. Um, But, you know, when you read the 23rd Psalm, Knowing that it was written by David, the shepherd boy, who became a king, there is a tendency for us to think that David wrote this while he was out with his sheep in the pastures with all of the imagery that we read in the Psalms surrounding him. But scholars don't think that was the setting in which David wrote this Psalm. 
In fact, they believe that David wrote this psalm later in his life when he was actually going through a very difficult season and he needed to remind himself that God was the ultimate shepherd, the ultimate good shepherd who could deliver him from whatever he was going through. Now, while it's impossible to date when each psalm was written, more than one scholar believes that David wrote this psalm during a season when David's very own son, his son Absalom, was leading a rebellion against him and he had taken over David's throne in Israel and he had caused David to flee for his life. And so one scholar then concludes this. While people of all ages love the 23rd Psalm, its message is for folks who have fought battles and who have carried burdens in life. So as we go through the psalm today, we're going to break it down into four parts and look at how God, our good shepherd, cares for us and provides for us and protects us. First, we need to know this. God cares for us with adequacy in the pasture. Now, I know adequacy just doesn't sound like enough, but just, just hold on and you're, you're going to see this. So, yeah. This means for us that God is the good shepherd who gives us what we need. And the first three psalm, verses of the psalm illustrate this. So let's read them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he was saying that he has everything he needs because of God. Now, as a former shepherd, David knew what shepherds did for the sheep. They guarded them. They led them to where they could provide them with food and water. They took care of them when they were weary or injured or sick. They rescued them when they strayed away from the rest of the flock. The shepherd knew their names and the shepherd assisted when they had to deliver their lambs. And basically in every single way that the shepherd cared for, you could even say loved the sheep. So good shepherds provided for their sheep so that the sheep doesn't need anything. Now it's interesting to note that years and years later, after David wrote this psalm, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that he is the good shepherd, uh, the one who is adequate, and we know more than adequate, to meet every need of those who follow him, his sheep. Now let's look again at verse two, and let's, let's look at that imagery. He writes, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now I'm sure we have a vision in our minds of a field of, of lush green grass by a crystal clear stream of water where the sheep can graze and where they can drink to their fill. And, and this speaks to us about how God is our provider, how he takes care of us by providing for our every need. And, and it's not just the fact that we talk about the fact that God provides us with the food that we need and the water that we need, but, but even more so, God provides us with the ability, with the gifts, with the strengths, with the talents to be able to do the things to be able to earn a living and be able to provide for our, our every need. God does that for us. And this speaks to us about how God is our provider, that he takes care of our every need, providing us with what we need 
for food and for shelter. And you know, there, there really is something important about knowing that we're going to be provided for. Uh, there was a study done, uh, Charles Allen writes about it, there was a study done after World War II. After World War II in Europe, as the Allied forces came in, they discovered that there were a lot of children that had lost their parents, they were orphans, they were homeless, and they needed to be taken care of. And so they gathered the children and they built camps to take care of them. But one of the things that they began to notice was even though they were feeding the children well and caring for them well every night, they didn't sleep well. They were restless. They were afraid. And they brought psychologists in and they had the psychologists talk to the kids and they studied what was going on. And then finally one psychologist hit on a solution. He said after the children were put to bed, they went around and they gave every child a slice of bread. Now, that piece of bread was not to be eaten. It was supposed to be held on to until the next day. Now, if the kids were still hungry, they would give them more food right then and there, but it was for them to hold on. And that produced incredible results because the children would go to sleep and subconsciously, they felt that they knew they would have something to eat the next day. Because they had gone through this horrible war, not knowing if they were going to eat from day to day. But now they knew, and they, they were calm, and they were peaceful. And in the 23rd Psalm, David points out how God provides for us. How we can rest assured knowing that God is our provider, and he's going to take care of us. But it's not just our nourishment that God's going to provide. God also provides for the entire person. Look at what verse 3 says. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So here David is saying how God leads us. And uh, the paths that he lead, leads us down are not to obtain righteousness, scholars tell us. But, but rather, as they translate this, they realize that righteousness here signifies the most basic sense of the word right, namely that, that the, the quickest path from one point to another is a straight line. So, so God leads us to where we need to go without unnecessarily taking us down paths that will tire us out, that, that God's going to care for us. Jesus understood this about God. He understood how God was going to care for us and take care of us. And he tells a poignant story. One of the parables that he tells in the Gospel of Matthew, he, he tells this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one who was lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, Jesus said, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. God doesn't want us to perish. God is the good shepherd. He, he is our shepherd, and he wants to take care of us. And to provide for us. So we have to trust him. We have to let him take care of us. Will you let him take care of you? 
Psalm 23 goes on, and it doesn't end with him caring for us in the pasture. Then it continues where it tells us that God cares for us with serenity in the valley. And we know it's a specific valley. So let me read verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, here David turns from talking about God, who is his good shepherd, to actually talking directly to the good shepherd. Now, there's, there's a lot in this verse that tells us that God cares for us by helping us have this peaceful kind of serenity. But, but it starts off with this, in, in the valley of the shadow of death. And what we see there is God is no longer leading us from the front, but rather God is leading us by coming alongside of us. David says that God, with God, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I suspect we can understand the importance of God being with us, especially in the presence of death or of evil when it's near. And to underscore this, I'll just remind you that, that God knows this, that, he, that we need to know that he's with us. And so remember what the prophecy said about Jesus, what he would be called. He would be called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his followers that he is the good shepherd, and he contrasts himself as the good shepherd with what scriptures say is the hireling or the hired person, the, the person who is not the shepherd, but who's been hired to step in and fill in for the shepherd and watch the sheep for an hourly pay. And Jesus points out that the hired hand is not the good shepherd, that the hired hand is just fulfilling a job and the sheep belong to the good shepherd and not to the hired hand. And so he points out that when something comes along and threatens the sheep, say like a wolf or a bear, what does the hired hand do? The hired hand abandons the sheep and runs for his life to protect his own skin. But that's not what the good shepherd does. By contrast, Jesus says he protects the sheep even to the point of laying down his life for his sheep, that that is why the good shepherd is with us. And because of what he does, that gives us peace, peace of mind, peace in this life. Now, notice what David says next. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, these are obviously tools that we have learned that shepherds use now, there is some debate as to whether these are two different tools or two different names for the same tool. But it doesn't matter because the verse reveals to us how the good shepherd cares for us using those tools. So the rod was used as a defensive weapon to protect the sheep from animals or anybody who would attack the sheep in any way. And God demonstrates that, that he protects us. Now, the shepherd's staff, on the other hand, as we know, it has a, has a rounded side, a, a crook, and it's used to assist the sheep and to guide the sheep along their way. So ultimately what we learn is that these tools reinforce that God is with us, caring for us, taking care of us along the way, protecting and guiding. And that gives us peace of mind. Let me remind you that Jesus, who is called Emmanuel, God with us, said this. He said, I am 
the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So he knows when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He knows when we fear evil. He knows when we need someone with a rod to protect us or we need a staff to to guide us and, and pull us in. He knows us. He is the good shepherd and that gives us peace. From the way God cares for us in the valley, then the psalm moves on and tells us that God cares for us with certainty in the fold. And, and the fold is the sheepfold. And if you know anything about a sheepfold, it's, it's basically a pen. It's a, it's a safe place of shelter for sheep where they return, particularly in the evening, where there is food and where there is safety for them to sleep and to rest. Now, in David's day, a sheepfold would usually have been a structure with four walls. It wouldn't have, uh, it may have been from a natural outcropping of rock, or it may be with stones that have been piled up, and there's only one entrance in and out of that surrounding of those four walls. It was the sheepfold. And so, uh, at the end of the day, as the shepherd would bring the sheep from the pastures and from where they'd been grazing back into the sheepfold, he would shepherd them all in. And once they were all in and accounted for, the shepherd would do something remarkable. He or she would literally lay themselves across the opening, sit there and become the gate, the doorway, so that the sheep couldn't get out and so nothing of danger could get in. The shepherd would do that to protect the sheep. Now, Jesus used this word picture about himself. He said In that same passage where he says he's the good shepherd, he says this. He goes, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. He says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He's the gate. The one who shows us the way to be saved. Let's read verse 5 of this psalm. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, while this verse doesn't specify the place, it's clear that this is a place where God's blessings flow freely and where David is safe from his enemies. Now, let's look at the specifics of this verse. The idea of preparing a table for someone means to provide food for them. And in this case, it seems to be a banquet for several reasons. First, David says, you anoint my head with oil. And in those days, before entering the banquet hall, the host would anoint the guest of honor with oil on their head. And so we, we get this idea that, that we are the guest of honor, that, that our head has been anointed because we've been invited to this banquet. But second, David goes on and, and says that his cup runs over. We, look, we, if you've been to a banquet, you know this, that food and drink overflow. That means when he says they, that my cup overflows, my cup runs over, that there's ample food and ample drink. And at this banquet, we're told It's prepared in the presence of my enemies. Now, this goes back to this idea of the safety of the sheepfold and the reality that David knows that he has enemies. So he's in the safety of the sheepfold, but he knows he has enemies. And for David, because he knows that God has promised to protect him, he can enjoy this banquet with God, even though he knows there are people that are after him. 
They can't get to him when he's in the sheepfold with God because with God, the blessings overflow. This verse is the one that makes scholars believe that when David's son led the people in an insurrection against him to take over his throne and his kingdom and cause David to fled, that, that this was the, the, the incident that caused him to write this psalm. Because he understood that in the presence of God, in, in the sheepfold, he has certainty that he's blessed and his enemies are powerless to do anything against him. That makes me think back again about what Jesus said, about the certainty of who he is. You, you know, in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, there are all these I am statements where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I am the gate, and, and several others. When he used those terms, I am, he was also using a term that was known to be the name of God. And so there was, there was a double meaning there. He was saying, I am God who is the gate. And so think this through again when we read this verse. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. He is the, the way to God. That gives us the peace that we need. Now, from the way God cares for us in the, in the sheepfold, we see that God cares for us with eternity in the Father's house. So the last verse of Psalm 23 says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, we know the goodness and merciful love of God follows us, and so did David. It's possible here that David is actually an older person, and he's reflecting on his life and all that God has done for him, and he knows that God has been with him and that God will continue to be with him forever. You know, when you, when you read through the Bible, there are so many verses with this shepherding word picture. And they remind us of what David has spoken about and, and how true it is that, that God cares for us so much that he offers us the ability to be saved and spend forever with God. And he does that through Jesus, our good and our great shepherd. The prophet Isaiah gave this prophetic word about all of us and about the good shepherd who would save us. He wrote this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So there we see the idea that, that we, like sheep, we've gone astray. We've done our own thing. We've sinned. We've turned against God. But God has laid our sin on the good shepherd. He's taken the iniquity for all of us. Now, going back to the psalm, the goodness and mercy of God falls on everyone. Jesus makes this very clear in the Gospel of Matthew. He says this, that God causes the sun to rise on both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So, so the big picture here is this, that God seeks to bless everyone with his love and with his mercy. It's just that some people don't accept God's love and his mercy and accept the gift that he gives them of eternal life. They don't believe in and follow Jesus, the good shepherd. But Jesus tells us these things. And so we see in David's words 
that he knows about the good shepherd and he knows that he will dwell in the father's house forever. He's talking about spending eternity in heaven. Our good shepherd Jesus said this about eternal life offered to all people. He said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. Jesus is identifying that his sheep are those that know him, that believe in him and follow him. And it's interesting to think that in the days of the Old Testament covenant, if you were going to worship God and if you were going to go to the temple to ask for forgiveness of your sins, what you would do is that you would take a sheep and you would sacrifice that living sheep at the temple to pay for your sins so that you could be forgiven. But in the New Testament, God brought a new covenant through Jesus. He became the good shepherd and he brought that new covenant. But it's interesting. With the new covenant, the good shepherd has been sacrificed to pay for the sins of the people once and for all. You see, God cares for us by making a way for us to spend eternity with him, to to spend forever in our heavenly father's house. And it's through believing in Jesus and understanding that he died to pay for our sins that we receive the promise of eternal life. And and so we admit our sins and we turn from our sinful ways and, and we start to follow the good shepherd now and forever. Psalm 23 It's a powerful message about how God has provided for all of our needs, both the needs that we have on earth and also for our spiritual needs, our life in eternity. It's important that we take that in and we respond to it. I want to close with a story. If you have recently watched the latest movie by Tom Hanks, uh, it's called The News of the World. It's, it's, a, it's a story about uh, a man who would go around from town to town in the 1800s, uh, back when uh, not everybody, uh, well, number one, where there wasn't the, the proliferation of media like we have today, uh, where there was no television, radio, movies, uh, all of those things. And so there were newspapers, and, and he would take them, and he would actually go from town to town and read, literally, the news of the world, and people would gather in the town hall to hear that. And so uh, I I share that with you because uh, in the 1800s, this whole idea of orders and and people going around to to speak and to share was entertainment, and people would flock to that. And so I I heard the story about an actor who went to a small Midwestern town and uh, they invited people to come into the town hall, and so people did because they wanted to hear this order uh, share great plays and poems and literature. And as he did this, you know, people were so enthusiastic to be there and to just experience that entertainment. And at the end of his presentation, he asked if there were any special requests. And uh, so as he did, immediately one hand shot up and the hand belonged to an older man with a weather beaten face and clothes that were clean, but they were definitely patched and they had seen better days. And he said, would you please recite the 23rd Psalm? And the actor thought for a moment, then he said, I'll do it on one condition. After I have finished, you'll come up and you'll recite the 23rd Psalm also. A little puzzled, the man said, okay, and he agreed. 
So this order began. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As he went, he infused the words with all the tricks of his art, and one by one the phrases known and loved by all rolled off his tongue. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And when all the words of the great beloved psalm were delivered with great art, the audience gave the actor yet another enthusiastic ovation. And then the man that had requested the psalm came up. His face was not handsome. His voice was thick and uncultured. Yet as he began to speak, his face took on a glow of joy and the love almost leaped from his mouth with the words. When he concluded with the final phrase of the psalm, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The only sound in the hall was the rustling of handkerchiefs wiping away tears. And then the actor spoke up. He stepped forward and said, now you know why I wanted him to follow me. It was just as I thought. You see, I know the psalm, but this man knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd? The good and great shepherd, Jesus Christ. You can know him. I want to pray for anybody who would like to put their trust in Jesus today, but I'm also going to pray for us that we would walk in the provision that God has given to us through the Good Shepherd. And then after we're done with that prayer time, I'm going to invite all of you to read with me the 23rd Psalm. So let's bow our heads. God, as we gather here today, we know your love for us and your care for us like a shepherd. And you are willing to shepherd us through all of life, guiding us and directing us and protecting us and caring for us. But I recognize sometimes along the way, some of us either stray from you or we've just never decided to follow you. And if, if that represents you today, I just invite you to pray these words, put them in your, in your own thoughts and pray them silently back to God, wherever you are. Here's the first phrase. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died to pay for my sins. And now I turn away from my sin and I decide to follow Jesus. Because I know he rose from the dead and loves me forever. And as I say amen to that, I want to continue in prayer. Father, you are the one who has sent the good shepherd, Jesus you know what we need. So I pray for all of us that we would walk in your provision that you have given to us and that we would share what we have found in you with all people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to read the 23rd Psalm with me. It'll be on the screen behind me. Please join me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.